How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working. So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out. Welcome to the latest Mirror Football podcast. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to the Premier League football weekend, but we also are recording immediately after the Champions League draw. I'm Aaron Flanagan, hosting today uh, alongside two of Mirror Football's finest. Uh, we have James Whalen and we have Alex Richards. Uh, how are we doing, guys? All good, all good. Not bad, good. Aaron, not bad. Good stuff. I mean, we're going to get going on the Champions League draw. Um, the Champions League draw was... Quite kind to a lot of British teams, I think. Um, we'll start with Manchester United because I think it was kindest to them. Uh, they've been drawn against Benfica, Basel and CSK Moscow. Um, we don't see any problems for United, do we? I think it's as good a draw as uh, Jose Mourinho could possibly have hoped. They've avoided all the big hitters in Group A, avoided uh, Roma and Napoli out of the third pot. CSK Moscow, it's a difficult little trip for the, for the fourth pot. And they've got some history, but they never get out of this group. So I think Jose will probably be very, very pleased. It's a group United shouldn't just get through. I think they should win it. Yeah, Manchester United, actually, when the, the groups came out, their odds um, tumbled from 14-1 to 1 to 10-1 to 1 to go and win the whole competition. Um, I mean, is there, is there actual value in backing United to, to go the whole way? Can, can they go the whole way? I mean... They've had a tremendous start to the season, and you know it's early days. But if if they keep up that form, I think they'd be they'd certainly be confident of, of challenging the late stage of the Champions League. I think if um, if Jose Mourinho was showing up a group before the draw was made today, I don't think he'd be far off that. You're taking the Portuguese champions from pot one. As Alex mentioned, you have got a trip to Russia in pot four, which is never ideal. Um, but again, they're not the strongest side. United should romp that group. You know, you, they should they should be looking at, at close to maximum points. I think, topping the group and getting a favourable tie in the last sixteen. I mean, how much are they buoyed as well by the return of Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Obviously, he hopefully will be back for the knockout stages. Should United qualify? Question. Question now is, do they put him in their squad for the groups? I mean, he's he probably going to miss half those games if you, if if estimates are right and he's going to be back around the start of November. Like he might get three group games in. So do you put him in, or do you wait for the second half of the season? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the odds, actually. Of um, I mean, I don't have them right in front of me. Of what odds can we get on Zlatan Ibrahimovic being top goal scorer in the Champions League? Because if he only misses three games, I mean... I think you're stretching it a bit now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see kind of how he's, how he's ranked among the yeah. others, because he's not going to be missing that much football, and he's a proven goal scorer. And, you know, any team who goes far in the Champions League has proven goal scorers, don't they? I, I think if... Uh, if if estimates are correct and he's he's a, he's going to miss maybe half the group stage, I think United will include him in the twenty five man squad. Uh, I think it's a big boost they've actually retained his services and um, given that the amount of football he's going to miss, it's not that much in the grand scheme of things. And um, the way United have, have set up in in the first couple of games this season, it is 
it is with a focal point in, in Romelu Lukaku. And if United have, as as I'd expect them to, sort of sealed progression with maybe a couple of games to go, it'd be a, it'd be a fantastic opportunity for Zlatan to get back into the fold against two teams uh, who perhaps might not be as strong as, as some they'll face in the Premier League and, and get some goals under his belt. Good stuff. I say we'll move on now quickly to the other Manchester team. Um, Manchester City were the favourite. Uh, Premier League team to, to go on to win it, or as far as the bookmakers are concerned, they actually remain at ten to one uh, since the draw's been done. But they've been given quite a nice draw. They've been joining Shakhtar the next, uh, Napoli and Feyenoord. Um, we know Napoli uh, could probably possibly present any problems, but we don't see many problems for City, do we? I think they've uh, City again, like United. They've got the pick of pie, the first part, the Champions Group, Shakhtar Donetsk quite possibly the weakest team in there apart from maybe Spartak Moscow um, so City will be very pleased again long trip to Ukraine but City will be pleased with that Napoli from the third pot for me the best team in that they absolutely destroyed Nice in the playoff 4-0 on aggregate could have been double figures they missed that many chances so that's tricky um, Feyenoord surprised Dutch title winners last season uh, Lost Dirk Cow over the summer, which is a great shame. I wouldn't see City struggling in Holland or at the Etihad against them. They'll have too much firepower. They'll be too good for Shakhtar. Trip to Nap- Napoli will be very tough. The game at home against Napoli promises to be a brilliant match. I would think City and Napoli go through that group. I, I agree. I see City going through, but I don't necessarily see them winning that group. I think, uh, as Alex mentioned, I think Napoli are by far and away the strongest team in Pot 3. I think... All the other teams, when they were looking at their their sort of nightmare scenarios, I think Napoli were in it. I think they're in everyone's because uh, there's no way they are a, a team that, on paper, should be in with those other teams that were in pot three. So I think Napoli will actually quite fancy the chance to top in that group. And if they do, you know, it's a bit deja vu for City fans. They 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 have sort of gradually got better in the Champions League, but. They've never really taken the bull by the horns, you know. Even when they got to the semi-final, they they flattered to deceive again against Real Madrid. And um, if if they do finish second in that group, they could walk into one of the big boys in the last sixteen. And yeah. I mean, like you say, obviously, there's a chance City don't win that group. And um, at ten to one, are they? Is there any value in backing them to to go the whole way in and win the competition? They've got the firepower. Uh, there's no doubt about that. You know, he's, he's trying to fit Sergio Aguero and Gabriel Jesus together at the moment. I'm not sure how that quite works but they've got the firepower but as they showed against Everton on Monday night that defence is still their Achilles heel and Napoli will be a big test because they like to play attacking football get the ball down and play Napoli could really do a number on them in Naples and I think that those two games will be a good a good little they'll let you know if City are contenders or not when it gets to the big Last sixteen, last eight, last four. If City is still around, that Napoli, those two Napoli games will tell you, can City do the business in Europe this season? So we'll have to wait and see for those. But I still worry about that defence. Um, just quickly, um, thanks to Betfair for these odds. Um, Real Madrid are the favourites to win the Champions League at four to one. Bayern Munich and Barcelona are both at six to one. Paris Saint Germain at 13 to 2 followed by the two Manchester clubs that we've already mentioned Real Madrid overwhelming favourites they've been drawn against Tottenham uh, and Borussia Dortmund and Apoel Nicosia um, 
let's discount Applewell. Applewell are not getting through that group. Really? Um, you I, can't I, just discount them, surely. I'm I'm discounting them. I'm putting it out there. They're, they're not getting through that group. Real Madrid, Dortmund, Tottenham. I mean, that is as that's that's as tough as it gets really in a Champions League group, isn't it? I mean, as I, I, I'm not sure how Spurs fans will take this. I think the majority of them will be a little bit annoyed that you know they've got a really tough group. But if you are a Tottenham fan, you know you've got you've got two monumental nights at Wembley with two of Europe's genuine giants coming to visit. You know, some of the best fans in the land in Borussia Dortmund touching down in London. And are, are, are you saying that there was a journalist and thinking, oh, what a great spectacle that'll be, or yeah. maybe not as a as, as a Spurs fan? Yeah, possibly, possibly. But you know, I mean, like I said, I think I think most Spurs fans will be a little bit disappointed. You know, that it that looks so difficult to, to progress from that group. I I agree. Apoel aren't probably aren't going to challenge, but. Um, Real Madrid are overwhelming favourites for the Champions League and they are rightly overwhelming favourites for the Champions League um, we saw what they did to Barcelona over two legs a few weeks ago they, they were they were fantastic and if they can carry on that foot then they, they, it's going to take something special to stop them uh, Just before we talk a little more about Real Madrid and obviously how, how good they are because I assume that's the the angle of the way the conversation is going to go um, Spurs before the draw were 25-1 to 1 to win the Champions League because of the draw, they've gone up to forty to one. So there's absolutely no faith in Spurs whatsoever um, with that group. Um, we will uh, talk a little bit more about Real Madrid. Real three times on the bounty. I mean, would just be incredible. But it seems like the main contenders have only really got worse, maybe other than PSG. Um, I completely, can, can completely can disagree. Something? Completely disagree on that. But I think Real Madrid have got a lot better. Or are you? Are you? I mean, no. The, the the teams that will challenge them. Okay. Barcelona yeah, so. have got weaker. Uh, Juventus have got weaker. Um, you know, Bayern Munich maybe are not the same team that they were. Um, no. Can Real Madrid? I mean, they should win it, shouldn't they? Overall, uh, can can they lose it? They are the best team um, by far. Um, two in a row, first time in Champions League era was great. Three in a row is very much doable for them I think but at the same time you have to think at the end of the day this turns into a knockout competition a cup competition and an off night against a, against a good team let's Barcelona Bayern we can say they're not as good Juventus this season perhaps they're all gone down a little level but they are still very good teams and on if Real play them in the semi-finals quarter-finals have an off night they could find themselves in real trouble and out of the competition Um as you say, they are the best team. They've got the best goal scorer in Ronaldo, who his his big game play in recent years has phenomenal, absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, last season, he was helped by not really having to push himself early in the season when it was always he finished, and then at the end of the season, when they needed him in those big games, he was getting rested in La Liga and he was doing the business against the big teams. He's got a nice little rest at the start of this season now for pushing a referee. <laughs> so he's going to, Zinedine Zidane's going to be able to keep him fresh. Yep. Yeah. And then he'll be able to do it at the end of the season. So you would hope or think that Ronaldo will again be raring to go yeah. in the Champions League when it starts and at the end of the season. Again, I mean, after everything you've said, I mean, it's no surprise that Ronaldo is 4-1 to one, the favourite to be top goal scorer in the Champions League um, this season. Um, followed closely by Lionel Messi at fives. Robert Lewandowski at sixes. Neymar, interestingly, at eight to one. Um, you'd expect him to have a, a big contribution with PSG. 
PSG in their group, they've got Bayern Munich, Anderlecht, Celtic. I mean, PSG Bayern Munich, I mean, that's a mouth-watering tie. Um, I mean, if you ever could have one from a group stage. In. I think we can just say right now that Anderlecht and Celtic are playing for third in Europa League. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I think that's fair. <clears throat> absolutely. And I, I agree, you know, for, for two clubs the size of Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern Munich to be paired together in the group stages, um, you know, what a draw. And um, going back to the goal scorer odds, I actually think Neymar at 8-1 to one, uh, is the value bet yep. in that list. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, like we said as well, I mean, I think from my own perspective, I see PSG as the, the team who I've got so much better compared to where they were last year. I think that's, um, that's purely because of him as well. Yeah. That is purely because he yeah. is a genuine world-class performer. There were times in the last 18 months when he has been the best footballer in the world. Well, you look what Neymar did in the Champions League against Juventus last year. He he was effectively him who turned that game around for Barcelona. PSG, PSG, not Juventus against PSG. Oh, yeah, sorry, my my, my mistake. <laughs> against Juventus, he didn't do a lot. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's, that's very good mistake. Um, Although to be yeah. to be fair, I say that I say he didn't do a lot. He was the one in that Juventus game that made that most looked like breaking down that back line. Ultimately, it didn't happen. But yeah, he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer, and he brings them genuine quality. Got good players, you know, Cavani scores by the bucket load in the French League and he will score goals in the Champions League, but he also misses a hell of a lot of chances. Neymar is far more clinical and will get goals for them. Celtic, when they go go to Paris, Brendan Rodgers won't be putting 10 men behind the ball. He'll still be trying to attack and play, and that's going to play into PSG's hands. And, and ne- Neymar's already shown he, he's not going to need any bedding in time in Paris. I mean, his performance at the weekend, albeit against very modest opposition, was... Completely phenomenal. He he ran the show, got himself a couple of goals, one of which was staggering. So uh, yeah, I think he I think he's the one to watch for sure. Well, stuff I say. Uh, we'll move on to Group C with a couple more English teams or Brit. Well, let's say British teams. We mentioned Celtic. A few more English teams we've not mentioned yet. I mentioned Chelsea. Uh, they've been drawn against uh, Atletico Madrid, Roma, Carabag. Now that is a deceptively tough group simply because even with Carabag, the team you think they should walk over, that's one hell of a long journey, isn't it? I mean, that's probably the the pot four draw that you wouldn't want Yeah. on the back of that. Um, and Atletico is just so awkward. It's the Diego Costa derby. Yeah, I mean, what what a subplot that is. Yeah. You know, after, after, what's Diego Costa thinking after this draw? I, you know, I'd... Who Who's he supporting? In that, if, he, if he doesn't get his move, who's he supporting? I think we all know the answer to that, <laughs> and I don't think they're wearing blue shirts. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 it's, it's interesting with him because wherever he ends up at the end of the transfer window, he might not necessarily be in January, and obviously um, he doesn't know if he stays at Chelsea, am I ever going to get a game in the Champions League for Chelsea, or is his move to Atletico actually going to go he, through? I don't or? think he plays at Chelsea again. No. no it, I, even if he doesn't get a move before the summer window's done. I don't think he plays for Chelsea under Antonio Conte. Yeah, yeah um, I think he keeps himself fit in Brazil. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure he, he, he checks back in. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, no, very interesting. I mean, it, it'll be interesting as well to see whether this Champions League draw, I mean, it probably won't simply because obviously Costa wouldn't be able to play for Atletico because of the registration ban, whether that would impact the transfer uh, in any way, uh, shape or forms. Um Mentioned Liverpool now. Uh, Liverpool joining Group E alongside alongside Spartak Moscow, Sevilla, and Maribor. Um, 
Liverpool should be right. I mean, they were pretty pretty good against Hoffenheim. Though they, I imagine that they'll be pretty happy with so that group. It's another good draw for Liverpool, I think. Um, Spartak Moscow, the weakest of those in pot one. Uh, Sevilla, obviously beat Liverpool in the Europa League final 15 months or so ago. It's now a very different team and Sevilla flat to deceive in the Champions League time and time again, as we saw knocked out by Leicester last season. Um, I would think Liverpool are the strongest team in that group. I agree. I, th- I think that's a great job for Liverpool. Um, similar to Manchester United, I think if... Um if Jurgen Klopp's drawing up a, a dream scenario, I, I don't think it's too far away with that group. And um, you know, similar to what Alex was saying earlier with with regards to Manchester City, the, the firepower Liverpool have is exceptional. But there are, if there are question marks at the back for Manchester City, there are huge question marks at the back for Liverpool, and uh, that's going to be something that they need to address before the Champions League comes around. Yeah, it'll be the defence which is really uh, costing Liverpool as far as their odds are concerned. Um, it was interesting to see how the, the odds drifted before the draw and after the draw. Liverpool 25-1 to 1 before the draw with some bookmakers as soon as they, they were drawn against Spartak and Sevilla, even before Maribor came out, I had a look at the odds. They were already down to 16-1 to 1 to win the Champions League. After a bit of assessment, it's gone back up to 22. But 22, I mean, I, I don't think Liverpool, like we mentioned defensively, they're probably not strong enough to go the whole way, are they? You, you could have said the same thing in 2013 about Borussia Dortmund as well um, and Klopp got them to the final as when Mats Hummels wasn't wasn't a world champion um, he was partnered by Nevin Subotic uh, Kevin Grosskreutz was playing regularly for that team it wasn't a side that you thought could get to the final you thought they'll have a decent run maybe last eight I think that's the same sort of thing that you think about Liverpool now they'll get into the knockout stages I now think they'll win this group if they'll get to the knockout stages I pitch them about last eight contenders but that attack, no one wants to defend against that attack. He's so quick. Salah, Mane in particular, Firmino has grown into that role. Maybe you have Coutinho to bring back into it. Maybe not. But away from home, on the counter, they are going to be so difficult to play against. Nobody will want to face them in the knockout stages. And I think the other thing Liverpool have on their side, if they do get into those... Um those sort of large stages, the quarterfinals and, and things like that, is uh, is Anfield. You know, we, we've seen the, the game against Dortmund in, in the Europa League a couple of years ago. Well, that the crowd got them over the line that night, and um, they'll they'll be counting on them to do it again. You know, the, we've we've seen teams who, before the competition, we don't expect to go. Uh, Monaco last in, season, yeah. Uh, but I mean, Liverpool themselves in in two thousand five, they finished fifth in the Premier League that year. Uh, Chelsea, when they won it, I think also finished outside the top four in the Premier League. You know, we, we've seen it before; it'll happen again. So, uh, you know, personally, not tempted by twenty-two to one, but uh, yeah, you can't count them out. Brilliant! I say we're going to round off the Champions League now. There are a couple of groups that we haven't mentioned. Obviously, Juventus and Barcelona have been joining the same group uh, alongside Olympiacos and Sporting Lisbon. Uh, one of the toughest groups in there. Uh, very, very briefly, um, Barcelona. Can they go the whole? I mean. They should get out of that group. You'd imagine they'll be stronger than Olympiacos and Sporting Lisbon, but Juventus isn't an ideal draw for them. No, it's not ideal. Um, by the look of it, they will have Usman Dembele on board, though. It seems that they are getting that deal, if not done yet, closer and closer. Um, apparently, they're coming closer to Dortmund's asking price. So that will be a big boost for them, um, someone with that bit of extra pace. I think Barcelona, they're going to be contenders again. They're 
going through a little bit of an identity crisis at the moment. It's the same thing that happened in 2014 under Luis Enrique. His first six months were a bit difficult. 2015, end of that season, treble winners. You can't discount them. Uh, Barcelona 6-1 to one, uh, with Betfair as it stands to win the Champions League. Uh, one last group, Monaco, Porto, Besiktas, RB Leipzig. Monaco obviously much weakened, RB Leipzig and an unknown quantity as such for the Champions League. Get that because I mean, earlier today you could get them at a very big price. I think that's the, um, that's the group that is uh, BT Sport, Red Button. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, all, all the groups on paper, I think that's uh, that's maybe maybe the poorer little brother, but you know... Um, how often have we seen games in the Champions League between two sides you wouldn't expect? All, all, those, all those sides will be looking at that group, though, thinking yeah, we've, we've got a chance of getting, getting past absolutely. Christmas. Yeah, I think all four of them um, could could do something. Um, I'm very personally interested to, to watch Leipzig and see how they uh, adapt to that level after surprising the Bundesliga um, last season. Um, that will round us off for the Champions League. Um, just to recap, Real Madrid are the favourites to win the competition at 4-1 as it stands, followed by Bayern Munich, Barcelona, PSG, and the two Manchester clubs. And we're going to move ahead now to the Premier League uh, this weekend. Um, the Premier League last weekend, um, I mean, ended with two great games of football, in, in my opinion, Spurs-Chelsea, um, followed by uh, Manchester City-Everton on the Monday night. Um, possibly a couple of surprises, in you know, results-wise, in both of them games uh, will get on to mo- the rest of them teams eventually. We'll go in chronological order. The weekend this is started with Manchester City's trip to Bournemouth. Um, City, I, I didn't think City were that bad against Everton. Um, I, I, I thought they played quite well and were possibly unlucky not to win. I think Bournemouth could be onto a real hiding. Um, City missed a lot of chances against Everton, I thought. For Aguero, for someone of his reputation and how we all view him. I, indecisive, I Very indecisive. There, yeah. there was a moment when he, when the ball ran for him and he, he took a touch, he just didn't need to. The, the goal was there, the space was there for him to roll the ball into the bottom corner. He took a touch and Jagielka got in a quite remarkable block having having already committed himself. Um, City, it was the finishing touch that was missing against Everton, um, apart from Sterling's goal, which was excellent. Um I think they go to Bournemouth and they win very comfortably this weekend. Bournemouth were very, very easy to play against against Watford. Watford created a lot of chances. One two nil could have been more. Is there, is there still obviously? I know we mentioned it with the Champions League, but is there issues with Manchester City's defensive frailties on an away day in kind of such a, a tight environment like that? Maybe, maybe, but I agree with Alex. I see City winning that game and winning it quite comfortably. Uh, I worry about Bournemouth. To be honest, watched um, watched sort of the extended highlights of, of their game against Watford, and they were very poor. Uh, but Watford were very good though as well. Ab- absolutely, as I will touch on later. Um, but I think th- th- what Bournemouth need to be in to start start firing. I think that's the sort of game where, as you say, it's a tight ground and whatnot. But Bournemouth don't play like that. Bournemouth aren't in your face. Yeah. They want to get the ball down and play, make the pitch nice and big. I think they play into six hands. Um, I've uh, pulled out some odds uh, for the game. Bournemouth for seventeen to two as it stands with most bookmakers uh, to win ninety two on the draw, seventy two on for Manchester City. Um, I pulled out another little bet for every game. Um, I pulled up Bournemouth ahead at half time, Manchester City to win the game. The odds are eighteen to one on that. With again with City's defensive frailties, um, I'd look at that and I think there's maybe a little bit of value uh, in a bet like that. Uh, I'll move on now to 
Uh, Watford, I mean, it, it kind of comes on to Watford, uh, given how well they played at Bournemouth last year. Watford host Brighton. Uh, Brighton yet to get off the mark. Uh, Watford, I mean, they're very far off the mark. They they, they were superb. I mean, uh, just under evens to, to defeat Brighton. Um, do we expect them to continue their... Uh, well, their impressive start. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Brighton obviously new voice to the Premier League and um, sort of finding the feet. I think if Brighton do survive in the Premier League, it'll be the form of the Amex that does it for them. Um, Watford, I've, I've, I've been impressed with Watford. They've taken four points on the first two games. As I said they, they did play very well at Bournemouth. Um, I think they've had one of the better summers as well in the Premier League. If we're if we're he's bought very well. He has it. If we're if we're having a table um, based on Premier League clubs and their business over the summer, I think Watford would be pretty high in that. Uh, they've also um, recruited very astutely in the dugout. I think I think Marco Silva is a, an excellent manager, and he's proven so once again. I think Brighton are in for a. Uh, it looks like it could be a difficult season. Yeah. Their their game against Leicester last weekend, they created absolutely nothing. Um, the expected goals for them in that game was a uh, 0.2. Leicester absolutely. This is Acast recommends. Every week we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Took them to town at one end and they were impenetrable at the other. Brighton had very little. Uh, you mentioned Watford's uh, signings. Uh, say the little bit I pulled out was this, uh, this the Brazilian Richarlison, uh, who was I mean, incredibly impressive last week. He's eleven to two first goal scorer. Came at two to one to score any time, and it looks like he's got a real good partnership with Andre Gray, Shalabar in there as well. He um, looks like they're they're already clicking. So uh, I think there's uh, potential value in backing. I mean, you could say the same about any of Watford's front line. Um, move on to Huddersfield now. Huddersfield um, two out of two. Who saw that one coming? Anyone? I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, you know, very impressive. Um, I know Alex is a big fan of his expected goal stats, and they, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. They, they perhaps don't paint Huddersfield in the light that the actual league table does. But you know, ultimately, that's all that matters. They've won two from two, and and you know, at, at Palace on on the opening weekend, they caught they caught Palace really cold. I mean, they face Southampton at home this weekend. The bookies. Actually, um, maybe not on side with Huddersfield as, as much the results suggest. Thirteen to five uh, for the Huddersfield win. Twenty-three ten to ten for the draw. Twenty-one to twenty for the Southampton win. Southampton are the favourites to go there and, and get a win. Um, Southampton, bit indifferent. Um, we mentioned last week about how you know they have to uh, improve um, from last year. You know, in the style of football, um, are they good enough to get past uh, Huddersfield? Who are still going to be buoyant? It's been an awkward, awkward start for Southampton, and I think this is another awkward, awkward um, test for them. So obviously, the opening day we should have beat Swansea comfortably, didn't? 
Last week, um, they didn't create a great deal against West Ham, even when West Ham were down to 10 men, but two penalties and, and uh, Gabbiadini's early goal, so 1-3-2. Um, and then they were really poor against a, a Wolves B team in midweek in the League Cup and lost 2-0 at home. Um, so, very indifferent start. This is their first game away from home. Um, I'm interested to see how Mauricio Pellegrino puts his team out. Um, will they go on and be offensive? Will they sit back and try and counter? Should be an interesting matchup. Um, it's one I personally don't know which way it's going to go at all. Yeah, I think it's a tough one to call. Um, I think Southampton, you know, you look at their team on paper and you think they could run through teams. They've got a lot of talent, but um, as Alex said, they've had a, a bit of a tricky start. And you know, against West Ham last week, not only did they concede twice, they conceded twice against a team playing with ten men, who, um, for large parts of that game, were the better side. So yeah, I think there's a lot of question marks over Southampton, but you know, it's one of those. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to Huddersfield and won two or three nil. Yeah. By the same token, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the result went the other way. Quite a strange game, I think. Yeah, I mean, from my own personal perspective, I. Imagine goals there. I think Huddersfield have been impressive going forward. I think with the likes of Charlie Austin, Gabby Adini, um, Redmond, you know, Southampton have got goals in that team. I know we're saying they, they struggled to create much last year, that there are goals there. Um, so I can see uh, a lot of potential goals in that one, uh, myself personally. Um, I, just quickly, how do we think Huddersfield will actually do by the end of the season? Can they actually maintain this kind I... of form to, to keep them in the Premier League, or are they not quite strong enough? I, I still think that they will get relegated but they will have targeted 40 points they've got six if they win this weekend that's nine they'll be pretty much a quarter of the way there um, and that will bring confidence and that can only enhance their chances of staying up I liken them a little bit to Blackpool the year they came up under Ian Holloway playing a very a very different style to a lot of other teams eventually Blackpool were found out yeah um, I think that could be something similar with Huddersfield. But we'll wait and see. It's a great start for them, and they are giving themselves the best possible chance. I mean, I I saw quite a lot of Huddersfield last season, and, you know, it's difficult to say when a team does get promoted over the course of a long season that they haven't earned it, they didn't deserve it, whatever. Um, but, you know, Huddersfield sort of, they, they were a real anomaly. They, they, they finished the season with a negative goal difference, which is almost unheard of. They then went through the entire playoffs without scoring a goal. The only goal they did score was uh, at Hillsborough, which was put through Sheffield Wednesday's own net uh, by, the, by their defence. So um, I, before a ball was kicked, I would have had Huddersfield as absolute nailed uncertainties for the drop. But there's something about David Wagner. Um, you know, he's, he's very charismatic and he's, he's, he's obviously a very astute tactician as well. And he's, uh, the, the, the players clearly love him. They're playing for him. Uh, you know, if they, if they win this weekend, nine points on the board already, they're, they're going to fancy their chances. Yeah, brilliant. I so say we'll move on now to Newcastle uh, against West Ham. Um, two teams that have been pretty disappointing so far. I think that's the the, the, the fairest way to say it. Um, as far as the bookmakers are concerned, uh, Newcastle are about thirteen to ten to win. West Ham two to one. Uh, so the bookmakers can't split them. Um, I mean, both teams. Don't look convincing uh, at all. I mean, we'll talk about Newcastle first. Um, there is every chance they could go back down if they carry on playing the way they have been. Um, I think that's slightly slightly harsh. I don't think they were terrible at Huddersfield last week. I think goal scoring is a, is a problem for them and is going to be a problem for them. I think they're over reliant on Dwight Gale, who 
he has scored goals at this level before, but he's never been the main man, the main number nine. Um, I think they're still light. I think Rafa still needs three or four signings there. Um, this is a game that they should be looking to win. I think if this game came around perhaps March time, I would be much more confident in saying that Newcastle would win it, assuming Benitez was still in charge and got the players. Um, coming as it is now, West Ham, as bad as West Ham were on the opening day at Old Trafford and as easy as they were to play against and can be to play against at times, showed real character and dug in at Southampton last week, even in defeat. Um, I think it's an interesting game. I think it's one both managers can ill afford to lose, perhaps, already. Um, I mean, I think, including this game, but uh, on, a, on a broader on a broader perspective as well, I think the next seven days are crucial for Newcastle. You know, they, they absolutely do need reinforcements, especially in attack. Um, Rafa Benitez had some really interesting quotes actually after Newcastle got beat by Nottingham Forest in midweek uh, in the all singing, all dancing Carabao Cup. Uh, he he basically not a fan of that competition. Uh, I'm not a fan of cup draws at four o'clock in the morning, but maybe that's for a different podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think yeah, some really inter- interesting quotes. He essentially admitted that that there are real problems at St James's Park. Um, Alec, would would you be surprised if Rafa doesn't get the plays he wants in the next week if if he walks out the door? Because I wouldn't. I I wouldn't be surprised if he walked out tomorrow, six months from now. He's that he's that kind of manager. If he doesn't get what he wants, he will walk. It has always felt like a bit of a strange fit, him there. I don't think Mike Ashley ever had a choice in, in... The fans loved him. He had to stay, and he had to be given complete autonomy last season um, when they went down to bring them back up. And, you know, I think it, I think from Mike Ashley's point of view, it was kind of a deal with the devil to get him back. Now he's trying to wrestle back some of the control that he wants, that he has always wanted. And Rafa Benitez can be a very prickly character and doesn't always want to be told what to do so you know I think if Newcastle if he does walk away from Newcastle I think they are very much in danger um, I think he's the he's their big plus point yeah. in terms of them staying in the Premier League this season so uh, the bet I pulled out uh, for that fixture anyway was uh, West Ham winning half time West Ham winning full time you can get that at 4-1 um, I just personally feel that West Ham Probably will be a bit stronger in front of goal, um, hence why I went went with that. Uh, Crystal Palace are playing Swansea. Uh, just quickly, Palace are the favourites for that. Um, the, the, neither team again. It's another one where neither team have have, have impressed so far this this season. Um, probably need a few more reinforcements. Um, are, are both teams going to be in a relegation battle, Palace and Swansea? Um, I think Swansea Swansea look like they will be. Um, I was very, very disappointed with them in a draw at Southampton on the open day. Um, and I was very disappointed with how they conceded three goals in four minutes against United last weekend. Um, I think Paul Clement needs to make a few signings. He's obviously got Gilfie Sigurdsson money now. Um, so they still need that little bit more. I think they, they will. Be this was the game uh, last year that obviously turned around their season. His first, his first game as manager, he wasn't actually in charge that night, but he came down. Got in the dugout, got his hands dirty, and got a win at Salas Park. Um, as for Palace, Frank de Boer's style of football is going to take a little getting used to, it seems. Went to Liverpool last week, got beat 1 0. Um, maybe they thought they should have got a point. Christian Benteke missed the uh, golden chance. 
Um, interesting to see how they react to that now. Back in, back in front of their own fans, having been beaten 3-0 by Huddersfield on the opening day. We'll see what happens. So I say we'll move on now to the Saturday evening fixture before we look at Sunday. Obviously, there, there are um, a couple of great games on Sunday. Chelsea play Everton, Liverpool play Arsenal as well. Um, but quickly, Manchester United. They've been pretty good, haven't they? I mean, they, they, they've. I think we all thought they were going to be good, but they've been very, very good. I, I mean, you can't argue with eight goals in, in two games, can you? Um, going forward, they were phenomenal. I think uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan um, has already picked up four assists in the first two games. He he looks to have come on even more over the summer. Um, we don't need to mention the the impact Romelu Lukaku's had. If there was ever a seventy-five million pound bargain, uh, I think they have it. That's bold. I mean, if yeah. the, the the goals the goals he has scored and looks like scoring. Um, I mean, what's winning the Premier League worth? Because I, I think I think he's I think he's got a, gr- a great chance of of firing United to the title. Yeah, uh, odds wise, United again really heavily backed by the the bookmakers against Leicester this weekend. Um, Ten to three on for a United victory. Seventeen to four the draw. Seventeen to two um, for a Leicester win. Uh, a bet I picked out United to win four nil again. Uh, Fourteen to one for that. I mean, let's be honest, Leicester. Aren't bad, but they easily could win four 0 again, couldn't they? I think Leicester are a better team than both West Ham and Swansea, um, considerably so. And uh, Leicester seem to have a little bit of that this season that we're going to go places and not really fear anyone. Went to Arsenal on the opening opening night, lost four three, but had Arsenal on the ropes for a long, long period of that game. Were a better, better team for a lot of that game mm. last week. Completely, um, well, Brighton were offered little against them, and they were very comfortable winners. I think it'd be a good, a good game. At seventeen to two, is there any case for backing Leicester? I think there might be value in the draw. Um, United's problems at home last season. You know, have they completely got rid of those? We'll, we'll find out a little bit more this weekend. Good stuff. I say now we'll move on to Sunday's uh, fixtures. Um, very briefly, um, the first TV game and how it's a TV game is absolutely beyond me. Um, annoys me. I've got Sunday afternoon off work. I want to watch some football. I get given West Brom versus Stoke. I think our West Brom and Stoke fans will not be pleased with uh, those comments um, whatsoever. Um, However, I mean, uh, there is a however to this. There is a story behind it, isn't there? They really don't get on those two clubs. It's turned turned into a bit of a rivalry of uh, late. Tony Pulis uh, against his former club. But then Sado Berahino back at his former club. Mark Hughes and Tony Pulis had a few words about that last season when he moved. Um... Darren Fletcher made the move in the summer. It could be a bit tasty. I mean, I, as I say, there was a however to me saying that, and it's simply because of Stoke. And last week on this podcast, I sat with you alongside our digital sports editor, uh, Matt Lawless, and we weren't particularly complimentary about Stoke. I think we, we questioned no. their character, we questioned have they gone flat, you know, we questioned their ambition, their drive. We questioned yet, whether they're going to score goals. Yeah, and, and yet they came up with a performance like they did against Arsenal. I mean, Hesse looks a, a great pick-up. I know it's only one game, but you know, uh, uh, it, was, it was a great start for him, wasn't it? It was, it was, you know, and um, I think people were a little bit unsure um, of Hesse coming in. It's sort of a mixed reaction on social media, but, um, you know, it certainly hit the ground running and... Uh, you know that old adage about Tuesday nights and Stoke and things like that. I think um, 
I think he's already started to started to suggest that he, he could he could be a hit in the Premier League. He's he's a good player. He's gone a little bit off track in the last eighteen months, two years. Things haven't worked out for him. Um, but he's a good he's, player, he's and he a, showed it last week. He's a very he's a very um, Stoke under Mark Hughes signing. I think. Yeah. They seem to, they seem to have a few like Hosselu and Bojan and these sorts of Shikiri. players. Who, yeah, exactly. They've they've all played at big clubs. They're all obviously very talented and. Uh, they maybe have little, gone off track a little bit, and Mark Hughes has given them that chance to to get their career back on track. And some of them have done well, some of them haven't done so well. Uh, let's see which side of the coin Hesse falls on. Good stuff, I say. Uh, kicking off at the same time and not on TV uh, is Chelsea against Everton. Um, Chelsea favourites with the bookmakers at two to five. Um, Everton thirteen to two to pick up a victory in that one. Um, Everton. Did all right against Stoke, dug out the point, you know, dug, dug, uh, kind of dug in to, to get the three points, and then, point. and then against Manchester City, um, they, uh, I mean, they, they weren't bad. I mean, Everton are not a bad team. Is there? Are they going to upset Chelsea, or are Chelsea still rocked from the first day? I think it's. Uh, I think Everton have really come and stuck here with the scheduling. Obviously, went to Man City on Monday night. In Croatia on Thursday night, you know, by the time they get back, it's very early Friday morning. Now they've got to go down to London. I assume they'll travel on the Saturday. Not a lot of time in between for actual rest and or to train. Um, I think it, I think Chelsea win this game. I think it'll be tough. Everton will be resolute again, as they always are. Um, I think we'll... We got a good reaction from Chelsea at Spurs last week. I think I think they really dug in and dug that out. Did very well. Had a game plan, stuck to it, got the three points. Um, I think they'll be a little bit more expansive this weekend. I would expect a home win. Better pulled out for that one. Wayne Rooney scored in the third game of the goal, third game in a row. Uh, for him to score any time, seven to two. Um, do we fancy Everton at Stamford? Not Everton. Do we fancy Rooney at Stamford Bridge to to get on the score sheet again? Well, if he gets a chance, um, he's. He's had two good chances in his Everton career since he's been back. Took it with a header against Stoke. Took it against Man City with a little help from Edison. Um, there's no reason if that ball falls from him in a penalty area that Wayne Rooney won't get three goals in as many games. Will the ball fall to him? Good stuff, I say. Uh, on to the later Sunday games, the last games of the weekend. Uh, Tottenham are back at Wembley. They play Burnley. Overwhelming favourites. Tottenham at 92 on uh, to defeat Burnley. Burnley 12-1 to to come away with from Wembley uh, with a win. Um, we are going to pass through that game, though, simply because also kicking off at 4pm on Sunday, Liverpool against Arsenal, the big one of the weekend, and a game that traditionally, when they face each other in the Premier League, is normally an exciting fixture, normally brings goals. Um, which way do we think this one's going to go? Because they're pretty evenly matched, aren't they? I think Liverpool. I think Liverpool beat Arsenal, especially at home. Um, the, the firepower they have. Um, you know, I think Arsenal score, but you know, I think I think back to that game, uh, Liverpool like four up in like twenty minutes against Arsenal. We were like three three years ago. That was so absolutely yeah. steamrolled. Yeah, I, and I, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I, I could I could see something similar where Liverpool, again with that crowd behind them, the, the amount of attacking talent that they've got, um, will will be confident again at that Arsenal defence. Having said that, Arsenal have a decent record under Arsene Wenger and Anfield uh, yeah under Arsene Wenger at Anfield so um, you know not not a gimme by any means but I'd, I'd be fancying Liverpool personally 
I think it's a Liverpool win as well. I Arsenal, I wasn't impressed with them on the opening day. I thought they they got the win in the end, but I really wasn't impressed with how the team was set up. I thought they were too easy to play against. And then Stoke last week, um, beaten again. When when you thought, right, Arsenal, show that you're contenders. Show that you can win the league. Show that this is the sort of game where you're not going to fall, fall foul this year. Beaten again. You can say what you want about Lacazette's goal that wasn't given. fact of the matter is, we did the linesman guess, probably. Was he right? Yes, by the letter of the law. Lacazette's toes offside. Um, Arsenal let people down last week. And that has become a recurring theme for them in the Premier League over the last 12 months, 24 months. Is is there not a case for Liverpool... Uh, not Liverpool, sorry. Not a case for Arsenal this weekend. Lacazette up front against centre-backs who haven't been convincing. I think Liverpool outscore them. But I, As James says, I think Arsenal score... Um, this weekend I think Liverpool just outscored them I don't see Arsenal containing that Liverpool attack It's interesting you mentioned goals um, the bet I pulled out was for Alexander Lacazette to score 2 at 7-1 to one, or you can get Mohamed Salah to score 2 at 8-1 to one. Uh, the bookies very much believe there is going to be over 2.5 goals uh, in that game um, as there normally is obviously they've played out some, some classic uh, Premier League uh, encounters uh, just before we finish, we are going to turn slightly to the Championship. And the reason I turn to the Championship is because uh, Alex and James here are both fans of Championship teams. Alex is a fan of Wolves. Uh, James is a fan of Sheffield Wednesday. And I mention the Championship simply because there are new favourites as of last week. And it's Wolves, Alex. Not really sure how they've come to that after the defeat to Cardiff. Um, we looked very good before we played Cardiff and then really disappointed. I mean, it's just to give you an idea of how much the bookies are backing it, three to one to win the title at this stage is a short odds. I wouldn't wouldn't be touching that. No matter how good we've looked, no matter how impressive we were in those first three games, and then winning at Southampton with a largely second string side in midweek, um, I think three to one if any team in that league to win that league is odds that you shouldn't be touching. Even one with a super agent with the capacity to buy the league, perhaps. Next question. <laughs> um, yeah, Wolves are closely followed in, in in the betting for the championship title by Middlesbrough. Cardiff, interestingly, have gone all the way to eight to one. You know, the the Neil Warnock effect very much in 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 force there. Uh, Cardiff, um, can, are, are they good enough to go the whole way in and be promoted back to the Premier League? I think they can challenge for top six. I certainly wouldn't have them third favourites. I think that is very much. I, I uh, think, as you say, they are top six contenders. Yeah, but more think, than that. Yeah, I think that's very much a, oh, look, this team's on four on the bounce sort of, sort of bet. Um, as for the title again, Fulham are at 10-1. to 1. Then you've got Aston Villa, Derby, Leeds and James York, Sheffield Wednesday, all at 14-1. to 1. Is, Are there any teams in there that you think, actually, they could win the title and you know, people can get them at a decent price? I don't have any of those teams' title winners. I think they're all, they'll all be confident of challenging for promotion. Um, Leeds may be a bit of an unknown quantity still. Uh, new manager. Um, I think they've they've got a big few days coming up in terms of the transfer window. Um, Derby, I think, out out of that out of that group um, uh, would would tempt me a little bit. Um, I think on on paper they're, they're very good, and and on their day they, they can beat anyone in that division. Um, Wednesday, you know, again on the day they're brilliant. A massive result at Fulham last week. I mean, 
the I can I can tell you from from just being in and around Wednesday fans the amount of the amount of pressure that that result already at this stage of the season lifted from the whole club, but main, mainly the manager Carlos Carvalho already under and getting a lot of flack at the start of the season. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, all those clubs can challenge, but I don't see any of them winning the league. For, for me, if you're picking a winner in that league, it's Middlesbrough, I think. Um, but it's a championship, end of the day. Brilliant. Uh, guys, thank you very much. Uh, before we go um, uh, and end this podcast, we are all going to pick out a treble that hopefully you, the listeners, will be able to profit from this weekend. Um, for those who don't know me, uh, I'm big into my non-league football and I always try and uh, tip or try and find some a bit of value in non-league football each weekend. So my treble um, is, if you're interested in dropping down to non-league for your bet, uh, Halifax to beat Geisley, Maidenhead to win at Barrow, Stockport County to beat Gainsborough, uh, a £10 bet returns £97 on that. Um, so if you're interested in maybe making some value in non-league, then uh, hopefully I can do you a favour. Uh, James, uh, who have you picked out for us uh, this week? I've gone for Watford. Uh, home to Brighton for reasons that we discussed earlier. Uh, I've taken Ipswich uh, against Fulham. Very big price, over two to one at home. Uh, Ipswich have won four out of four to start the season. Uh, big mix got them playing, so I, and I think that's a good price. And uh, I've also taken Wigan at home to Port, uh, Bournemouth. Uh, sorry, Portsmouth. Yeah. They they've won uh, three from three to start the season. Uh, underestimated, I think, by a lot of a lot of pundits before the season. Um, they're deservedly top of the league, and they will be very strong at home this season. And they are. Just a shade under evens. The treble comes in at ten point five four to one, so ten pound returns one hundred and fifteen pounds and forty pence. And Alex, uh, so you've picked out some uh, for, our, for, our, for our Premier League uh, listeners. I've stuck with the Premier League this week. I'm um, Watford. I think they will beat Brighton. Liverpool. I think they do the business against Arsenal. And uh, I've added Manchester City at Bournemouth. I think I'll put Man City at about minus one and a half on the Asian handicap to bump the price up slightly. Um, <laughs> I think that's my treble. That will pay around five, six to one, depending on who with. That's that's for me. So potentially the safest treble uh, there from Alex. Uh, it's not safe. It's smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. So if you want to make some smart money, then maybe Alex is the one, the one to follow. Uh, thank you very much once again for listening to the Mirror Football Podcast. Um, I've been Aaron Flanagan hosting alongside James Whaling and uh, Alex Richards, all of us uh, journalists here with Mirror Football. Mirror Football is the place to go. Uh, for all of your football news over this weekend. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, Sam Matterface will be back on Tuesday with Stay On Your Feet, uh, our flagship Mirror Football podcast uh, with some special guests. But until then, uh, have a good weekend and um, let's hope you can uh, make some money. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.